Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another Fishers and Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here. Oh, good to be back. <clears throat> and, um, we, uh, it's been a while since I've been on here. And so, it probably won't be a long video. And my hair needs to be cut. Look at all this hair. I look like a, a really strange cockatoo. So, yeah, I gotta get a haircut tomorrow. That's gonna be one of the things that I get done. And it will be great to get that thing cut. Because my hair is a mess. And that's kind of uh, <clears throat> one of the things I kind of felt like the last few months. Uh, just was a whole bunch of things. And uh, so it's, it's good to be back. And I'm sorry, you guys, on YouTube and Facebook, um, haven't been on very much lately um, because I was uh, in the process of moving down to Fort Smith from Fayetteville, which I have, and uh, am happy to say that I have um, that I have uh, completely. Um, I completely 100% have all my stuff moved and, uh, which is a good thing. So I'm all settled in, got to take care of some, um, things around the edges and all that stuff. I'm a little bit more casual tonight, so just sort of bear with me. Um, but really is great to be on. I don't know how long this video is going to be. I say it's going to be short, and it ends up being almost an hour and a half long. So, we're just going to kind of go by what the Spirit wants. And um, it is, uh, we'll just let the Lord have His way. Amen. And so, I don't have anything specific planned. And... Um, but I just want to just take some time here and talk about new beginnings with you guys today. And um, that's important. Um, and usually uh, new beginnings, the number eight is usually associated with new birth, new beginnings. And uh, we see, of course, examples, um, just examples throughout the Word of God. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't know about this, um, but in my in my and there's a message that I preached uh, I think about a couple months ago called New Beginnings in the number eight, and I talked about on there about how David is actually the eighth son of Jesse, and that's very very unique um, because David was king he was the second king he is the second king of israel 
But David is a type and picture of Jesus Christ. And if you know anything about, um, you know, who Christ is, and um, <coughs> what he offers, and you understand why it's David is a, is a very, it, it's very significant as to why David, um, you know, kind of represents a new beginning. Okay, now. <coughs> Turn with me to Second Corinthians chapter five, and uh, no, it's sorry, it's not five verse seven. It's um, let's see. Sorry, I don't want to. Um, let's see, new creature. No, it, it was it was Second Corinthians five. It wasn't five seven. It was five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. And um, <coughs> this is what we this is what we read. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so what we notice from this verse, we see here that says, if any man be in Christ. Okay, that, that language, that word in is very specific. It's very specific language. Okay, this is talking about being in Christ. Okay, now... Where do we see this? We'll hold your place in 2 Corinthians and turn with me to Revelation. <clears throat> turn with me to the book of Revelation. I believe it's Revelation 3. Or Revelation 2. Maybe hang on. I can't exactly remember. It's been a while. So please, uh... Okay, so it is actually Revelation 3. Revelation 3.20. Okay, so I want you to get this, this thought in here. Any, if, anyone be, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Okay, so think about the word in Christ. Okay, but in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Okay, so if, if Christ is in you, 
then you are in Christ. There's a, there's a connection there, okay? Because when you become born again, when you become a born again child of the living of the living God, of the living King, okay, you don't just, you're not just in Christ, but Christ also resides in you, okay? So, <clears throat> we see that, we see that um, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, okay? Now, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Okay? He is knocking at the door of your heart. The question is, will you let him in? Because when you let him in, you won't just be in him, but he will be in you. Amen? That's, 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 being, that's part of what being born again means. is having that personal relationship with Christ. And if you have that personal relationship, then you, and if you are a child of God, then, then there, then then you are in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you are made a new creature, and you're made a new creature because of the power of the Holy Ghost. And it continues on to say that old things are passed away; all things become new. So in Christ, Christ makes all things new. He does. And no matter what your circumstance or situation is, there's always going to be new things. Now you might say, well, Brandon, how does that correlate to David? Okay, well, number eight is usually associated with new beginnings. David is the eighth son of Jesse. Okay. He is a type and picture of Christ. And we see that he is the, that David is the second king of Israel. Now, if you remember anything about Saul, Saul was, he is a type and picture of the Antichrist. He was very, very wicked, very evil. He denied God and rejected him. But David was a man after God's own heart. He was, as, as what Jesus has said, is, is doing what pleases him. Now, even though David, even though David had a, a flesh and he had sinned, okay, God, you know, if you're, if, if, if you, God had mentioned, God mentions and how he mentions to his son Solomon on how he did not obey the commandments as his father did. Now you might say, well, that's not true because he broke it. Yeah, he did. But when he broke those command, when David broke those commandments, he immediately repented, and God forgave him of that. Okay. So, and think about that. When, when you sin and you ask and you repent of your sin, God forgives you and he'll forgive you just as he forgave David. But you have to ask for that. Right? So, 
<clears throat> David is a type and picture of Christ. And David was a man of war. Okay? Now, maybe this is probably the wrong way of thinking. But let's think about what David represents and what Solomon represents. Now, this is just a thought. I'm not saying this is true. But could it be? Could it be? See, David was a man of war. Always held the sword. Okay? He always held the sword. Could it be that David is a type and picture of Christ's first coming. Could he be? Um... see here there's a verse here I'm going to share with you I gotta find it here oh. um, and I'm not seeing it let's see here see here there's something that's coming to mind <sighs> for some reason it's not showing up um, hang on a second Okay, <clears throat> so Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, um, turn with me there if you will, I, I want you to see something here, what Jesus says, Matthew 10, okay, now the question I just posed was, could David be, could David represent the Lord's first coming? 
I think there might be something there. Okay. Um, and we are going to start here in verse, and it's going to be here in 34. It's, Jesus says, think not that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foe shall be they of their own household. So David was a man that bore the sword. David was a man of war. One that had a lot of blood on his hands. He was a man of war. He was a he was a valiant man, but he was a man. He was a king that bore the sword. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus said he did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Okay. What is the sword? The sword is the word of God. Okay. Jesus came to... He came to bear the sword. He came with a sword. He didn't come to bring peace. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that David is a realistic picture, type and picture of the Lord's first coming. Why? Because... David was a man of war who held a sword, and Jesus came to bring a sword, and he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Okay, this, what does a sword do? A sword divides. Okay, so the sword that Jesus is speaking of is not a literal sword. It is the spiritual sword. It is the word of God. When you read, and, and hold your place there, but if you read in Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. And it talks about... It talks about the... The armor of God. Okay? And it, when we start here in verse 13, it says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, and having on the breast, breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, we see that Christ came and He brought a sword. It's His Word. It's the Word of God. He is the Word of God. He is the sword that divides. So... 
David being a man of war who bore the sword, Jesus also came with a sword. So with that said, can it be said that David is a type and picture of the Lord's first coming? I believe there might be a connection there. Not saying there is, but I believe that there might be a connection with that. Okay, so with that said, after David, then came Solomon. Okay, Solomon. Solomon, again, is a type and picture of Christ. But his reign is a type and picture, I believe, of the Lord's second coming. Why? Because when the when the second coming happens, there will be peace. Actual peace on earth. And um And so we see here in Revelation chapter 20, verse 2, it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. <coughs> and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years." So we see that in the thousand year reign, Satan is going to be bound and he won't be able to deceive any more nations for a thousand years. Okay? So that implies that there will be a peace on earth. There's actually going to be a peace on earth. Okay? And so Solomon is a type and picture of that. Okay? Why? Because David being a picture, a type and picture of the, the Lord's first coming, okay, when Solomon reigns, there's no nations that come against Israel. Israel has peace from all the enemies because they like, they, 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 they so, I mean, they, they so feared David that they wouldn't touch Solomon. They wouldn't touch Solomon. And so therefore, you know, Solomon and, and Israel have peace.
for, you know, have peace. And therefore we see that Solomon's reign represents the Lord's second coming. So we see that, um, so we, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, it's very interesting to see that in scripture. And it's very interesting to kind of see, and by the way, that, that that's thousand years, there's going to actually, that peace is going to be like a new beginning, a new chapter, a new birth. Because when Christ comes in, that's a whole new chapter. Amen? That's a whole new chapter. That's a new beginning. And so it's it's really interesting to see that. It really is. Um, I never really thought of it in those terms before. That's, well, that's pretty cool. Um, so let's go to, I want to go to Genesis here. And uh, Genesis chapter 6. Genesis 6. You know, the, son of, the coming of the Son of Man will be like the days of Noah. Okay, and so if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And so we see that in Genesis chapter 6, there's an increase of wickedness on the earth. But we also see that the ark is being prepared in chapter 6. And so that ark represents Christ. Now you might say, well, Brandon, you're really out there. You don't know what in the world you're talking about. You're just, mm. Well, and in verse 8, think about that. Verse 8. 8 is the number for new beginnings or new birth. Chapter, Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace. You know, we, t t we think of grace like, you know, a lot of people abuse that, okay? But there's, there's an acronym that I, I know about, you know, that you can, you can figure out with grace, which is God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay, so, and we receive grace through Christ, okay? Christ is God's grace to mankind. And so, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Okay, found grace, he found it. Okay, and so, and it says these are the generations of Noah Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. Okay, now it, it he was he was now he, that doesn't mean sinless perfection. That means that he was mature. But also generations, you have the word genes. And think about this: in Genesis chapter six, the whole world is corrupting itself. DNA manipulation. But Noah didn't have a, Noah didn't, uh, his genes were not corrupt. Okay. And it says, and Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. 
And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted itself, or corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. Through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Here in verse 14, make thee, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. Make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits. The breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above and adore the ark. And thou shalt set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I even, I do bring a flood of water, flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark. Thou, thy sons, which was three, one, two, and three, thy wife, and thy wife's sons with thee. Eight. Eight people were on that ark. Remember, anyone in Christ is a new creature. And we see... That eight people got on the ark, and eight people eight people got off on the ark. <clears throat> now we see a new birth in chapter eight, a birth of water, a birth of earth, a new birth of a new birth of the earth, because everything was wiped out in the flood, except for Noah and his family and the animals. And so if you read Genesis chapter 8, and you start in verse 15, it says, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives, with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took up every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every thing living as I have done. 
while the earth remain remaineth seed time and harvest in cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. So we see that there's a new birth. Go out and multiply. Repopulate the earth. And so the earth was repopulated by Noah and his wife and their, you know, and their sons and daughters-in-law. Okay. So the earth was populated by Noah's family. Repopulated by Noah's family, right? I'm sorry, this, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, you know, it's, this time change is really just kind of put me out there a little bit. But you see that, you know, eight is a number for new beginnings. Okay, and so no matter, we all, and then as Christians, we all go through things in our lives. There's all, there's all these, we go through a, a continuous cycle. We go through seasons in our Christian lives. And we don't just go through that stuff, but you know, we, you know, we, there's things that we go through and there's things that, you know, we have seasons of, 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 we have seasons of, uh, um, fruitfulness and we just had, we just have seasons where we don't produce fruit. I'm sorry. Mm, mm, mm. Nope. I, that was, that was, no. Nope. Not produce. We don't produce our own fruit. We bear fruit. Don't ever think that we produce because we don't produce. I didn't. That's. See. Oh. It's a long day. Anyways. There are seasons that we. Just don't bear a whole lot of fruit. And there's just other seasons where we bear much fruit. Okay. But it all really depends on the season. <coughs> and so. You know, when, you know, so with me, I've kind of entered into a season of a new beginning, okay? Um, I had some things happen, you know, and, you know, I've had some bumpy trials and stuff and still am. Um, but, you know, God has put me down here. And... God has provided a way for me to be down here. Oh. Oh, I am tired. Oh, and my back is just, my back is hurting me a little bit. Anyways. So like as I was saying is I had a season of a new beginning. And we will, as Christians, we will always have a new beginning of a new chapter. You know, with this, anytime there's an end of a chapter, there's always going to be a new chapter that comes into play, right? So, you know, it is what it is. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you tonight that if you're not in Christ, today is the day to be in Christ. Amen. Be in Christ today. Don't wait. Um, and it's very simple. All you have to do is just 
acknowledge that you are a sinner. Ask the Lord to come into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you. Call. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm not going to tell you how and what you should pray. I'm not going to do that. Um, because, you know, anyone can repeat a prayer and think they're saved and they're still lost. Okay? But if the Lord is knocking on you on the door of your heart, do not neglect that. Okay? If, if the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart, let him in. Admit to him that you are a sinner. He knows that you're a sinner, but do you know that you're a sinner? Okay? Acknowledge you need to, you know... It's, it's all about having a personal relationship with Christ. Okay, so like my relationship with Christ isn't going to be the same as your relationship because it's on a, per it's on a personal level. Amen. <clears throat> but it's all about having that relationship with Christ. Why? Because Christ is the bridegroom. We are the bride. Amen. And so... We, you know, we need to, um, you know, we need to have that personal relationship. And it's not just about having that relationship, but, you know, that's, that relationship aspect of it is, is a big part of it because it is, is a part of being born again. Amen. If the Lord is convicting you and dealing with you, don't neglect. Don't neglect that. Because you you don't know. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Okay, we're not. And so if the Lord is dealing with you today, go today and repent of your sin. Ask the Lord to come into your heart and life. Amen. If you're watching this and you are a believer, okay, if you are a believer, if the Lord is dealing with you on, on some things, then get it right now. Right now, get it right. Don't wait. Tomorrow may be too late. Amen. So be sure to get that right. Repent of your sin. But just remember that, you know, God still loves you. He loves you and He cares for you. Amen. And He wants what's best for you. Amen. So that's all I got for tonight. It, it wasn't um, really detailed or anything like that. Um, so I do apologize. I was a little kind of groggy there for a second. And just, you know, trying to look things up. and <clears throat> So I do apologize. Um, but hopefully this was a blessing to you. Uh, hopefully, you know, um, you guys get something out of this. Amen. So with that said, um, Lord willing, um, on Tuesday, we will get back into our Bible study. Do pray for me as I prepare for that and uh, pray that, that it would be a blessing for others. Amen. So you pray for me and uh, pray that God would just take it and use it for for his uh, kingdom and his, and his glory. Amen. So with that said, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great night. Uh, and uh, Lord willing, we will see you all on Tuesday. God bless you guys. See ya. Bye.